0: If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. whether you're a better or just love tennis. you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. How did you like that? Did Super Bowl fifty eight live up to your expectations? Thanks for spending some time with me. I'm Dan McNeil, and you are listening to and maybe watching the Danny Mac podcast. It comes to you several times a week on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network, and I want to say thanks to all of you who have been watching the interviews on YouTube, got a lot of traffic over the weekend uh, with the Dan Hampton, Gary Fensick interview Last Friday morning, a lot of a lot of people found it over the weekend. Thank you very much. You don't have to be a YouTube subscriber to watch my podcast and these interviews on YouTube. Just just go to YouTube and punch in Danny Mac podcast and you can find it. I've been surprised by I shouldn't be because I am a baby boomer and I have technology issues. But I've been surprised how few people know how you can access it. And when I post it on social media. Um, all you have to do is click that. If you don't know how to get a podcast in your vehicle or elsewhere, all you have to do is click that and then you'll get an opportunity to click another button with just a couple of keystrokes you can watch and or listen. It's actually quite simple. Football is on the other hand, not simple ham handed segue into what is going to be a shooting from the hip. Um, naturally flowing show today because that's what life was last night on the football field and I think art imitates life all the time and when my head hit the pillow last night I was so tempted to stay up and watch post game coverage but going overtime ran us late enough and I was going to get up early enough to to watch a, a lot of good morning football and see what people were saying about the game last night. Congratulations to the Chiefs. Three and five years, absolutely amazing. Those of you who were smart enough to play the Chiefs on the money line, and uh, I was um, a bully for you, Dan. You lost a lot of other things. Congratulations to us also. There is going to be a lot of blame over the next you know, several months, maybe the next year until Kyle Shanahan gets a chance to undo last night's decisions on the 49ers head coach. And I think it's, it's merited, but it needs to be, it needs to be temped down a little bit because in the spur of the moment, he made a decision to take the ball and give Patrick Mahomes to cut off his PP, And that's what Mahomes did. That's what Mahomes does. Ten-point deficits in a Super Bowl? No problem. I'm Patrick Mahomes. Get out of my effing way. You kind of knew that was coming after the Niners, maybe even before they settled for the three-pack in the extra session. I, I think that's a shame. It would go on Shanahan, and I'm not his biggest fan. I think his decisions over the course of an entire second half in a Super Bowl when he was the offensive coordinator years ago were way worse than what he did last night. The special teams' gaffes are more than what Shanahan did. They're the reason they lost the game. You turn the ball over on a muffed punt, and Very little is going to be said about that today, so I will say it very high in the show. The 23-year-old rookie out of South Alabama, not having his head on a swivel, this is a guy who's played in nine NFL games, Daryl Luter Jr. The ball caroms off of his foot when he's trying to block for return man Ray Ray McLeod. Now, all we see in live action is McLeod diving on a football, what seemed to be recklessly, and then not getting possession of it and the Chiefs recovering, and then they get the go-ahead touchdown shortly after. What we didn't see was what's the rookie not paying attention. The ball hits him. (laughs) McLeod doesn't get it. The Chiefs do. That's the biggest reason they won the game. That's, if you're going to point a finger at any single event, that's it. It's it's more on that than it is the Shanahan decision. As questionable as it was, I'm not saying it wasn't, players decide games. And the 49ers don't usually cough it up very much. Christian McCaffrey is about as sure-handed as you get. And he lost possession of the football early in the game. He coughed it up. Turnovers get your ass beat. And that was the case. And you also had another special teams problem with San Francisco. On the PAT, you have a low snap. And the ball wasn't fielded very cleanly, and it forces a rushed PAT. The Chiefs get hands on it. San Francisco gets nothing for their PAT. It was a weird freaking game played by humans, and humans are going to be just that. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to show that on occasion they are, unf- they are not unflappable. And there were some really good players last night who lost their composure and did it in critical parts of the game. I think LeJarrius Sneed of the Chiefs is a very good defensive player. But the slap on Brandon Ayuk that gave San Francisco an additional 15 yards at a point in the game where you didn't have much possession time going, you could not get off the field. Because your defense is not stopping the San Francisco running game. And out of frustration, you slap the 49ers wide receiver right in front of the officials, right? At, the broadcasters didn't see it, but those of us watching saw it. That's just stupid. He's a great player. Very next play, he made a nice breakup. Terrific player. The Chiefs are full of terrific defensive players. A lot of them got credit for it in front of an enormous audience last night. And it was more than the defensive tackle, Chris Jones. God, is he quick when he almost got Brock Purdy late in the game. I just, man, if he were just, uh, if he were just a little bit more linebackery and a little bit less defensive tackley, he, uh, he could have, he could have corralled Brock Purdy who played a really nice game last night as well. But, uh, Nick Bosa played his ass off for the 49ers. Ten pressures. Mahomes wasn't comfortable all night. And they couldn't get untracked, or is it on track? Do you want to be untracked or on track? It depends on what tracks you're on. They couldn't get going in the first half because they couldn't have the ball. You don't have the ball, it's tough to get a rhythm going, and they couldn't you know, get Bosa uh, contained. He never lost contain. He kept forcing the play back inside. And you saw Tony Romo, if you listened to him, did a nice job explaining how a defensive end, in this case, Nick Bosa, one of the best in the league, plays the position without garnering gaudy statistics and makes a huge difference. George Karloftis, the second-year player out of Purdue, did not get a sack last night. <laughs> they gave it to Justin Reed. I thought I, thought I was going to cash in on that prop. Not to be. What a, what a game played by, you know, two great teams. And it's so easy to lose sight of that. You go to Overtime. And the issue's not solved. And there's there's so many guys who did heroic things, and there's so many guys who did stupid things. And as often as the case, it comes back down to the quarterback and the head coach getting either the credit or the blame. And Mahomes deserves the MVP, his third. <laughs> Brady's the only guy with more. Montana also has three. I love watching that dude play, and he's 28. It ends the conversation about whether he merits being discussed among the all-time greats. I, I will punch the button on anybody in sports talk who wants to bring that up this week, so I will, I will end the thought on it. I'm going to get to Travis Kelsey's big night in just a second. The razzle-dazzle for the first touchdown of the game? trickeration that shows the oddness of this and how the ball bounces in such weird ways and how nothing goes quite according to the script like you think it would and I think there probably was frustration on behalf of a lot of viewers because the game didn't really take on any rhythm early. There wasn't any scoring early and you have Jennings throwing that that pass in the flat to McCaffrey who runs it in for the touchdown. It wasn't like it was a prolific wide receiver pass. It didn't need to be. McCaffrey did it all. And while the chiefs did a good job on him last night, he ran hard and made a difference in the game, man. It's he didn't, you know, a lot of people pissed off because they didn't get their prop bets. McCaffrey got his touchdown. A lot of people played him to get two or more because it paid better. Uh, and he didn't get there. There, were, It was a low-scoring game. It's a 25-22 Super Bowl. It went under. Lots of people who bet on props last night were pissed off. It's no reason to not appreciate the game. What I saw was 100 dudes giving max effort and coaches who are excellent at what they do make mistakes. It, it, it happens. Travis Kelsey just missed another 1,000-yard receiving season by 16 yards. I think that would have been seven or maybe eight consecutive seasons. In this era of great tight ends, the golden era of the tight end position, he might be the best. I think he is the best. And he's going to be regarded as one of the all-time greats. And he had a great game last night, a great second half, nine catches for 93 yards. Indelibly etched in my head, his sideline tantrum with head coach Andy Reid and what was said about it afterward, I find unacceptable. I understand in the heat of a football game, especially one with as much significance as those men placed on that one, that tempers are going to run hot and they're going to be short. That is part of the arrangement. I get it. And it wasn't the physical contact with Reed that so much has me seething today about number 87 in red. It's the the gesticulating and the in-your-face shouting before contact was made, and Reed joked about it after the game that I don't have very good balance, and I think he's right. That's part of it. He's top-heavy. Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. He's a tall weeble, for those of you old enough to remember that, uh, that slogan or jingle. But... Uh, When Booger McFarlane grabbed Travis Kelsey on the field after the game, he said, hey, man, I'm just going to keep that between us. I was telling him how much I loved him. (laughs) Reed said Kelsey apologized. "I I think there should be more. Travis Kelsey doesn't need my approval for anything. The dude's got the world by the balls right now and more power to him. He didn't win a lottery ticket to become one of the best in his game's history at his position. And all the spoils that have come with his celebrity. Bless him. Respect your coach more than that. You can get your point across without being an effing asshole. And that's what he behaved last night. That was very disappointing. I'm okay with challenging your coaches. Look, I'm all right with that. Kyler Murray has has done that in recent years, and I have defended him in doing so. Sometimes you need to get a point across in an animated fashion. Kelsey was pissed because he wasn't on the field on the prior play when Isaiah Pacheco fumbled on a first and goal from the nine. It's not that he was being selfish, and Reed noted that. You know, he wants to play. He's a competitive kid. And I love that about him. I wouldn't have blamed Reed, and this is not the first time they've quarreled. I wouldn't blame Reed if he would have said something different. Yeah, that's not how professionals are supposed to behave, but you know he doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to crap on what was another great victory for what has become a great organization. But very disappointed in Kelsey. I expect better from the best. Get hot. Don't, don't completely lose your composure like that. Show some respect for the dude. He didn't do that. Nick Bolton was a stud last night for the Chiefs. I just wanted to mention that. He was credited for 13 tackles. I think only five or six of them were solo jobs. But uh, Willie Gay in pursuit. I love linebackers who can run like wideouts. Maybe that's an exaggeration, but uh, uh, loved him. Justin Reed, who the Chiefs got a few years ago off of the Texans roster. And that's kind of how I want to conclude the show today by talking about the Kansas City Chiefs dynasty because they are in the midst of something extremely special. How much more can Kansas City survive? It doesn't matter which personnel changes. They've had attrition on the offensive line. Hell, they were missing uh, Joe Tooney last night. Uh, Allegretti, the kid from Illinois, steps in. They've gone through how many running backs since Reed took over there? Do you remember? Do you remember when LaShawn McCoy was, was, was on board in Kansas City to try to help them win a Super Bowl? I, I think that was in 19. I think that was their first one, 31 to 20 winners over Kyle Schmanahan and the 49ers. Oh, man, they're not going to be the same without Tyreek Hill. Okay, here we are. Nicole Hardman. Catches the game-winning touchdown pass. In training camp, he was in a Jets uniform, hoping to get a peek at uh, Liev Schreiber on hard knocks as they came to town to chronicle Aaron Rodgers' training camp. And that's all they got out of it was a training camp. He played five games for the Jets. The Chiefs reacquired him. In their playoff wins, against Miami, Buffalo, and Baltimore in the AFC title game. Hardman was targeted four times. He caught two passes. And there he was to receive Patrick Mahomes' game-winning touchdown pass. They have a great kicker in Harrison Butker, 57 yards. No problem. Steve Christie already had moved over once, the former great Bills kicker. The Chiefs survived laying it down five times last night. They laid the ball down five times. Mahomes threw a couple of picks, and they still win. That's about as bad as you're going to see Mahomes play a half of football in the first half last night. But the Chiefs are so stout defensively, they went to the dressing room trailing 10-3. to 3. Many were wondering, is this the lowest score at halftime of a Super Bowl? No, no, no. You don't have to look that far back. Uh, the Rams in Sean McVay's first Super Bowl when they lost to Bill Belichick's Patriots, the final in that game was 13 to 3. That thing went into the fourth quarter 6 to 3, if memory serves. The lowest scoring first half in a Super Bowl, one of my favorites, Super Bowl nine, the Steelers, two. The Vikings, nothing. (laughs) Can you imagine what that would do for a viewing audience? Although last night it might have survived it, (laughs) Uh, even though it was a low scoring first half, 10 to three, but you had Taylor Swift. You have some of the biggest stars in sports today. You had Usher at halftime to entertain the world. You had it all. It's the greatest show in America, and Vegas provided a fantastic backdrop for it. The Chiefs. Dynasty. It's cool. They don't come around often. Once in a decade, you get one. The 60s Packers, and I remember only the tail end of that, the 70s Steelers, the 80s Niners, the 90s Cowboys, the Patriots of the aughts and the teens. And now the Chiefs own the 20s. And they can survive the loss of the fastest man in the league, Tyreek Hill. They can survive great defensive players like Teron Matthews switching uniforms. They survived the loss of Eric Enemy. They've even survived the reacquisition of Matt Nagy. And Sunday night, they survived laying it down five times and not participating offensively in the first half of the game. I admire that. I I think that's just a cool-as-hell accomplishment. Congratulations to the Chiefs. And shame on me for not actualizing before kickoff what I first suspected yesterday when I looked at the prop bets. As close as these teams are, this thing's going to overtime. On my Bet Rivers app, I saw that would have paid 12 to 1, and I made a mental note. Make sure when you plunk down on all of these at 4 o'clock, you put $100 on this one. I didn't, but I did have the 49ers to punt more than three and a half times. I did have the Chiefs over rushing yards at 105.5. I lost a couple hundred bucks, but I had the chiefs like what seemed like the rest of the world. You know why? Because those of us who are paying attention can rely on number 15 in red. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac podcast. Please tell people about the shows that are on YouTube where you can watch all my interviews. Adam Delavitt is the guy who runs the Bet Rivers podcast network. I am executively produced by the Casey Wolf of Northwest Indiana, Sam Michael Randy Merkin gets the guests for us here on the Mac Podcast. Alex Pastor and Troy Mocker taking care of social media and research and development. Have yourself a great start to your week. I'm back in a couple of days with lots more Super Bowl aftermath on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.